I mean, we could start with the fact that your mom loves me more than she loves you <laughs> and roots for me more than she roots for you. <laughs> no, I won't argue that. Welcome back to the one-on-one with Stevie Fro podcast, joined here with Keaton Belcher and Jeremy Zickler. Thank you for having us at your house, our first road show. I am flattered, guys. Uh, you know, we've known each other for a long time. I, uh, I couldn't sleep last night. Woke up at 4.30 a.m., went around uh, our neighborhood on a walk, just preparing myself for anything that you might throw at me, but I'm glad to be here. You guys have done a great job. With the first three podcasts. I appreciate it. You know who else didn't sleep last night? James Buddy Biggs. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> right now, somewhere, and wherever he is, he's wondering what you're going to say about him. So Keaton Belcher, Ryle Raider basketball coach, the former head coach at Pendleton County High School, where he also played. Played in the 2005 state tournament was the 2005 Northern Kentucky Basketball Player of the Year. Went to Belmont, where he was a three-time NCAA tournament participant. He is an all-time leader in games played at Belmont. Is that still a... That, that record has been broken. What? Uh, it's been 10 years since I graduated. I, I was very proud of that record. Though. It should have been. Never, and you got to have a lot of luck, too. No major injuries. But I felt like I was reliable every practice, every game. You should have called your coach and said, I think you should <laughs> sit him out. Yeah, give him a couple games off. <laughs> we, had, we had a girl at, at Scott when Rhonda Cleet was the coach. Rhonda Cleet was an animal when she played. She was the all-time leading scorer, right? And uh, Lauren Tibbs was getting ready to break her scoring record. Right. And Lauren was phenomenal. Went on to play at Marquette. And I used to joke and I would tell Rhonda, I'm like, you better start sitting that girl. She better not get back in these games or you're going to have to bow to her. Uh, and now Lauren coaches at Scott. So was, yeah, but a scoring record and a games played record are two completely different things, right? Like I was the Cal Ripken of Belmont basketball for just a, a short, maybe two years. I think I played a 131 games. But I think I had it was 131. Yeah. 131. And uh, I, I did not score a thousand points. I know that for a fact. How do you plan 131 games and not score a thousand points? Because I was a very average player. Hmm. <laughs> I'd, my senior year, there was a guy, there was a freshman named Ian Clark who was Steph Curry's backup for two years with the Warriors. So that's what I was dealing with there. I, I would just pass it to Ian and. Let him he score. Got, he got buckets. You would get the rebounds, and I don't know about that. I didn't rebounding. No, I was a I was a six eight wing. You were the tallest guy in the tenth region, and you went on to Belmont to be the second tallest guy on the team. Precisely. <laughs> well, team captain senior year at Belmont. That's awesome, especially a NCAA team. Yeah, I uh, and that was I, I think Coach Bird let the players vote that year. And uh, I, I received, and you couldn't vote for yourself, so I received every vote. I'm pretty sure on this, uh, except for my vote. So I was pretty proud of that. You should be proud of that. 
10th Region Hall of Famer as a player. I don't know if you're going to get in there as a coach now that you left. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Had a lot of great teammates, Coach Biggs. Uh, So here's a quick funny story that many people probably don't know. So entering my freshman year, we hired a short um, coach that everybody wanted and I wanted because I used to go to his basketball camps as a kid, Mike Wrights. Mike Wrights was my coach for 10 days going to my freshman year. He left us for the Clark County job, Mm -hmm. and I was so disappointed because Kane and I would go to his camps in the summer at Harrison County. And we're like, oh, Mike Wrights is our coach, and he had won four regional titles at that point. Like, we're going to go to the state tournament. And he left, and I was so disappointed. And we hired this guy that none of us had ever heard of, James Buddy Biggs. But Coach Biggs is exactly what we needed. Uh, we, we had talent. We, were, we won a lot in middle school. But he was very demanding. He pushed us where we needed to go. And he was an unproven coach. If we had coach rights, we may have not have gone to the state tournament. Um, he had Did been he come there. from Mason? He was an assistant under Kelly Wells at Mason. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, four years later, Coach Biggs was the statewide coach of the year. Yeah. He um, was the AP coach of the year. AP coach of the year. He, his last two years at Pendleton, he was something like 58 and nine or something. Oh, wow. And at Pendleton County, that doesn't happen. So he is exactly what we needed. None of us liked playing for him at the time. He was very, very aggressive and yelled and was demanding. However, still to this day, every single morning from our 05 team, uh, we get a text from Coach Biggs uh, with a different quote or a different saying. I'm on saying. that list. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and he tells us he loves us every day. And he, he did that when he, when he was coaching us too. He told us he loved us every day. So Coach Biggs and I have a great relationship now. We play golf together, and he's somebody that I can lean on about a lot of things because he's been through the ringer. I mean, he's – Hmm. He paid his dude. He was an assistant coach for a long time before he got that Pendleton job. Well, he started at Dayton as well, same place I did. I think That's he was right. coaching girls That's over right. there. And, and Coach Wrights and I are still good friends. Yeah. I, I never – we joke about why'd you leave us, you know, for Clark County. But So once a month we meet up at O'Charlie's in Cold Spring – for free pie Wednesday. He you, always, go, you go to a Charlie's. And he, that's a, we, that's a, that definitely is a Mike Wright's. It's, it's a perfect Mike yeah. Wright's place, but he always tells me, it's like, I'll buy your pie for you. Free pie Wednesday. Love it. Yeah. He's the best. Mike Wright's is, is a gym. Truthfully. I used to see him all the time at the Kroger. I don't see him as much anymore, but he's, he is great. So Pendleton County plan yours. Talk a little bit about, the early, the first, everybody knows the 2005 team, right? Talk about those first couple years being a freshman, sophomore. Did you play on the freshman team as a freshman or did you play up? The Myself, Joey Virax, and Mason O'Hara played JV as a freshman. We didn't play freshman basketball. Probably fair. But again, it's Pendleton County. I mean, I mean, most of our freshman teams, the better freshmen won't play. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dante never played freshman. Uh, he might have been seventh grade. <laughs> But uh, he was moved up really quick. But those early years? They, they were tough because, like I said, Coach Biggs was, you know, he didn't have any ties to Pendleton County. He didn't care what people thought. He came in full force. Um, our conditioning tests, our practices were so hard that when I got to Belmont, it was a breeze. And I truthfully mean that. So he was the best thing that happened, happened for me. Probably wouldn't have played Division One basketball without Coach Biggs. Um, it's funny, too, Mike Wrights, because he had a player named Andrew Preston who signed with Belmont. Mike Wrights was telling the Belmont coaches about me. So that, that's twofold there about 
how far Mike Wrightson I go back. And uh, but no, Coach Biggs was outstanding. We struggled our first year. I think we were thirteen and fourteen. Uh, we were also learning a new system. New system. In our sophomore year, we gradu- we had just graduated eight seniors, and Brad Cox was one of those eight, who's the head coach at Mason County, my first cousin, uh, who's a guy that we talk basketball a lot and a good friend of mine. And uh, my sophomore year, we were twelve and seventeen and lost in the district championship game to Brossard. We played. Uh, we drew Bourbon in the tenth region tournament and played them pretty close. They had a guy named Corey Williams that was really good. Um, and then our junior year, I felt like if Chris Lofton never existed, we may have had a chance to go to state that year. We played Mason County three times that year, all three at the field house, lost by 15 to 20 all three games. Kelly Wells' last year, and then uh, all the pieces came together. That, the, that, the, that was their state championship year? That was their state runner-up year. That, in 03, they won it. I think a lot of people felt that way if Chris Lofton didn't <laughs> exist. Yeah. They would have made the state tournament that year. Imagine playing in the same district for for four years. But there, And here's a crazy stat that is uncommon in, at a lot of places, especially Pendleton County. On our 05 team, we had 14 players. Nine of the 14 guys played at least one year of college basketball which is insane. That's awesome. All small schools, but but still, I mean, that says a lot about what Coach Biggs did in his five years at Pendleton County. He really redefined the program. Because before he got there, we were kind of struggling. Who was the coach before? His Buddy. name was Tom Appleman, and he had experience coaching at Augusta. I think he played for Augusta. He might have went to school with George Clooney, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, great guy. I think he lives in Chattanooga now. Um yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I know he coached there in the mid-90s before I moved there from Maysville. I think Patrick played for him, I, yeah, if I I'm think, not mistaken. Yeah. 05 team. Let me ask you this about the 05 team, especially as the 03, the 04 teams, they were progressing, sure, you know, trending upward, was preseason. Did you think that – what happened could happen in the preseason or was it kind of like the fortunate circumstance where things clicked and everybody started to play really well and it was like holy crap this might go down so i'll give coach biggs this when he came in and when i was a freshman he said we have two team goals win the 38th district and win the 10th region tournament and that was our goal every day for four years there was no other goal and he scheduled accordingly Okay, so we knew that we were good enough, but like Coach Gray said on your third podcast, you got to have a lot of breaks, even if you have talent. I mean, you have to have a lot of things go your way. you got to have a great draw. It helps that you get a transfer. We had a kid transfer in from Jackson County. That was sort of our missing piece. We, we were 28-1 and one in summer ball going into our senior year. Is that the Elliott kid? Yeah, we were 28-1 and one without Pat Elliott, and he came in, and he was it was like icing on the cake. So Coach Biggs would play anybody, anywhere, anytime. The first game of my senior year, we played the number one team in the country, Oak Hill Academy, and uh, Kevin Durant was on that team. So we got, we took sort of a beating that game. We lost by 30. It was at Bourbon County. Tubby Smith was at that game. But after that game, after losing by 30 to that team, and after being competitive for a quarter, a quarter and a half, we knew that we could play and beat just about anybody in the state. And then we ended up being 29-5. and five. 
our five losses were Oak Hill Academy, Louisville Trinity, Montgomery County, who we ended up beating in the regional championship game, PRP in the state tournament, and Scott County. So, again, Coach Biggs' schedule helped us long-term. What was it, the experience like during that with your brother on the team? It was awesome. and uh, Two years difference? Two years difference. Kane was class of 07, and Kane had a really good uh, four-year career at Pikeville College, won a national championship under Kelly Wells. Uh, so it, it was awesome playing with Kane because Kane and I, you know, we turned out to be very similar players, 6'7", 6'8", versatile, play inside, outside. Um, I remember we played at Augusta my senior year, and Zig and those guys, Kirk and Appleman had just graduated, so they were down a little bit. And Rob tells this story better than anybody, Rob Kelsch. We won 84 to 18. And uh, after the game, Rob tells Buddy Biggs in the handshake line, thanks for not running it up. <laughs> I just want to clarify again, that was the year after I graduated. Yeah. I do remember being at that game, however. So uh, my senior year, you guys beat us by 14 in Falmouth. So it was much more competitive. Yeah. My sophomore year, you were a freshman. We split. Yep. We beat you guys at Bath County in the finals of the McDonald's Holiday yep. Classic. And then you beat us at home, and it was our only home loss of the season my sophomore year. Well, for the record, we got beat by 78 this year. And I just chose not to speak. I just shook hands. and was like, good game, good game, good game. I don't think but, that I would have said that. But. but going back to Kane, how – awesome it was to play with my brother that Augusta game we both played a lot together because we only on the 05 team we only played six guys the top six coach Biggs was adamant about well he wanted to win played the six best players and Kane was on the fringe of being the sixth seventh eighth was guy. there was there um turmoil there with that or anything that oh I'm sure but again coach Biggs had no ties to the county he didn't care what anybody thought more like with you and you and your brother Oh, it's been talked about. Jealousy. Uh, I don't know. You guys are really close. Yeah, we are close. I mean, we coached together at Pelton, and I don't know if it's jealousy. You know, Kane and I are best friends. I've always looked up to him. I feel like he feels the same way about me. But that Augusta game was awesome for my dad, watching us both play a lot of minutes together. I think he was actually the five, and I was the four that game. And yeah. I, I enjoyed, when I was in college, he was at Pikeville, and I enjoyed watching his games on uh, the Mid-South channel online and watching his games. They'd play at Georgetown and play Campbellsville and Lindsey Wilson and all those good Kentucky schools in the NAIA. So, yeah, we were, we were really lucky on both getting our scholarships paid for and mom and dad not have to worry about that. No doubt about that. That's great. Let me ask you something. We talked about Buddy Biggs, and you talked about different – aspects of how he helped you as a player what what kind of role does somebody like Buddy Biggs individually have on your coaching career something that that legitimately you took from those four years and use either daily game by game or in general just part of your philosophy or your style yeah, and I still use this quote with our players today. And Coach Biggs was huge on preparation, and his scouting reports were novel after novel, 10 pages long. When I got to college, they were one page long. So Coach Biggs was awesome about preparing us. I never felt unprepared for a high school game. 
not my four years. And the quote is, the will to win is not as important as the will to prepare to win. That's what I learned most from Coach Biggs. When we started our conditioning tests in late August, early September, we were preparing for that district championship game in March or that regional championship game in March. He was adamant about getting us prepared mentally and physically for that. And uh, I was really lucky. We could have gotten a coach after Wright's left that didn't take us to the promised land. But Coach Biggs got us there. And he, uh, there's not many guys that have taken two different 10th region schools to the state tournament, and he's one of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe a handful, four or five guys. Talk about the the 05 regional run and just the, the, the memories you hold from that. I guess the best memories were the crowds. Pendleton County's – they trail. It's very a basketball. Well, it's a basketball community. Yeah. And last just, one out. Turn the lights off. Yeah. Yep. And see, so we didn't have football until we did not have a varsity team until I was a junior in high school. So I didn't play a down of football growing up. Not one possession. No, none of us did. We didn't have it. It wasn't emphasized. We all played basketball, baseball, and golf. That's what I grew up playing. And uh, when you grow up with your buddies, and we talked about going to the state tournament in sixth grade. And when you get to that moment, it's like. March 12, 2005 is maybe top two, top three best day of my life still uh, because we played in the state tournament. And people have asked me what was more enjoyable for you playing in the NCAA tournament or playing the Sweet 16. I'm telling you, it's arguable, and I think it might be the Sweet 16. It it was that meaningful to me. But you're also a Kentucky kid growing up in a proud region, a tradition-rich region you had your grandfather played in a Sweet 16. Is that correct? Yes. Did your dad play in a Sweet 16? Regional semifinals. Regional semifinals. You know, you grow up probably going to games, those games, some of those regional games at the field house. It's, I mean, it's in your blood. And, and what's weird for me is, you know, as I've – and just like you and Eric Russell, and Eric did a great job on the podcast, you guys have ninth and 10th region ties, and so do I. My dad and grandpa played in the ninth. We would go to one session a year as a kid to the state tournament. And dad and my grandpa would take me and my brothers to the ninth region session. We weren't going to the 10th as kids. We would go and watch Derek Smith and Jerry Lorenzen oh. and, and Eric Glazer at Highlands. I know you were rivals. Wow. No, I'm just saying how amazing they were. And, and I watched that. I mean, we were in the same district when I was at Dayton. And they had graduated. I would say, I would say that it was probably my first year there. I might have been there senior year. But out of out of high school at Newcath, I would still go back and watch the district tournament. Because Newcath was really good after after we had left. Little Ronnie had come up and um, you know, a couple of the Dayton kids like Seth Lynn, Corey Myers. I mean, the the group of guys was phenomenal. They won an all A state. So we would go and we'd watch those games. But I mean I I'm a big fan of that group of they were so effortless, man. It's, they were so they athletic were so, and so talented. Oh. And uh, it's kind of nostalgia now that, you know, I'm coaching in the ninth where my grandpa went to the Sweet 16 in 1946. And, you know, County's middle school gym. So my dad played in the old middle school gym where they have the Crosstown Shootout where you mm-hmm. guys play the district every year. My grandpa played in the old gym on the – 
I guess northern side. Yeah, of they the, they put us in there to dress this year. <laughs> That's what, what happens when you're the four seed. And when I was in fifth grade, I played for a Camel <laughs> County AU team called the Hartford Heat, and uh, a lot of Camel County guys and Bryant McCarter from Silver Grove. Yeah, man, coached against them four Logan, years. Logan Gandelli, Silver Grove. And, yeah, and uh, we would play. We would practice at that old Camel County gym where my grandpa played his high school games. And uh, so that was pretty cool, too. So, yeah, we, we grew up going to the state tournament. That's all I wanted to do as a kid was go to the state tournament as a player. And we accomplished that goal. And now the goal is get there as a coach, which is so hard to do. It's hard. It's so hard to get there. And you got to have great coaching, great players, a break here and there, a good draw. Honestly, and I tell our kids this, that luck is where preparation meets opportunity. And – if you don't have the first two, you're not going to get luck. So it just kind of falls into your lap. Yeah. Like a, a shot that bounces three times and then goes in to send you this sweet 16. Um, but prior to that, you know, th- there were 15 things that happened during the regional tournament that helped us get to that shot, including being down, what, the 16 to Paris in the semifinals? Paris was so good. State champion that year in the LA. My dad and I went to the semifinal. We go to the semifinals every year in the tent. That's kind of our tradition. It's the best night. Two games oh, are yeah. always great games. The gym's packed. Yeah. We went this year down to Clark County. And uh, that night, it was you guys versus Paris. And Campbell played Clark. Bracken, maybe. Oh, that, that year was Bracken. So two, yes, also and that Robert. was a great game. Because yeah. Bracken, you know, we're competitive with Campbell and Yes. And the finals was obviously a great game. So those three games, Dad still says to this day that those might have been the best three semifinals, finals, back-to-back nights that he's seen in a regional tournament. I mean, we were we were down. We roared back. Uh, well, that Paris team won the Class A state yeah, that year. They were amazing. They were really good. Yeah, Terrence, is, Terrence did does a, a great really job. Good, man, he's I'm a big fan of Terrence's. Um, everybody, talk about your high, go ahead. everybody remembers that shot, but what's amazing is we were up 20 in the first half against Campbell I County. I think it was 23, to be honest with you. And they came roaring back in the third quarter. Yeah. They led by five with two minutes to go. So it was and Eric didn't talk about game. it, but I'm, I know that his staff, because I still have the pictures of the three that they shot at the end of the first quarter that was – Signaled no good, and it was no good. I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. And all hell broke. We loose. were sitting behind your bench. I don't know if you remember that. I remember your dad being there, because he's he's got the most calm and cool way that he just leans back and watches a game. I he don't sit up tense I think, like I do. I think that's a compliment. It is a compliment to be. Yeah, yeah, uh, I love it. Talk about your recruitment, high school recruitment. How did that begin? Good, and good question. What did so, you end up with? With uh, how did you I, end up with Beaumont? I remember being a, a sophomore in high school at Pendleton, and that was back when they would send letters to your school more times than the ha- your house. And Coach Biggs called me down to the he taught English at Pendleton. He told me called me down to his classroom, and my first letter was a letter from Xavier, and I thought I was on top of the world just getting a letter. And it was one of those like it wasn't even handwritten; it was just printed, like it, what everybody gets. I'm like, man, I might have a chance to play college basketball because that was one of my goals. I told you that Coach Wrights had told the Belmont coaches about me because Andrew Preston played at Clark County, then played at Belmont. And he actually was my host on my official visit. So I took four visits in high school. I visited Murray State. Mick Cronin was the coach at Murray State. 
Western Kentucky, Darren Horn was the coach. And I think I might have been the first or second recruit on campus when Darren Horn got the job right after Marquette went to the Final Four when he was an assistant. Um, my third visit was Belmont. And my fourth visit was NKU because they were in transition, talking about transitioning to Division One and building the arena. And Bees was there then. Yeah. So, and, and honestly... When I visited Belmont, that was the place I wanted to go. I love the people. I love the campus. It was in Nashville. Oh, they had never been to, to this NCAA tournament, and I wanted to be on that first team. And I got lucky. And my freshman year, we went. And my second year, we went. My third year, we went. But honestly, if I so did, you didn't go your senior year, so I was wrong on that. Uh, we did not. Oh, I thought you did. Hmm. No, it's probably because pro- you were the captain. Probably because I was the captain. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody listened to. Sorry me. about that. Uh, but uh, but I'll be honest. If I didn't go to Belmont, Samford got in the picture late, and I really liked their coach Jimmy Tillett, and there was a guy named Mike Maker who was the head coach at Marist College for a little bit, and he was really good to me. So I might have ended up at Samford in Birmingham, Alabama, if I didn't go to Belmont. Uh, I wanted to be D one was my goal, and uh, NKU was still D two at the time, so and they were still playing at Regents, but. Um, I, I liked Murray. It was okay. I loved Western. They never pulled the trigger and offered. Um, Darren Horn, we, we played. You know, his son plays for Cuffcath. And after the game this year, he waved down and winked at me after the game. So that was pretty cool because he recruited me pretty hard at Western. And But Belmont, it couldn't have been a better fit for me personally. Get the Belmont. I'm always curious with guys that, you know, they leave the small the small fishbowl. Usually right? transfer back. Yeah. Most of the time. And they get to a place like that. You know, what's that like that first month where you're on campus probably during the summertime was, doing workouts, summer school? Did you do any of that or uh so Belmont Coach Bird is different than most Division One coaches. He was he just retired recently. Mm-hmm. He wanted his student athletes to be like regular students as much as possible. So I was I was at Belmont for five years because I redshirted a year. In my five years, I did one individual workout in the spring and the summer. So we we never got burnt out on anything. Um, and Coach Bird was awesome about if Thanksgiving break, go home and see your family. Whereas most most Division One coaches, where their job is on the line, you're practicing twice that day. <laughs> So, I, again, it couldn't have been a better fit. I got to travel the, the whole world. I went on five overseas trips in five years at Belmont. I mean, I've been to Cape Town, South Africa. I've been to London. I've been to Paris, all because I was decent at basketball. <laughs> so I, I've been blessed by the Lord. And for some reason, God wanted me to go to Belmont, and it's worked out perfectly. I met so many great people down there. Vince Gill was best friends with Coach Bird. He would sit behind our bench every home game and yell at the opposing players and the referee. Vince Gill, I mean, one of the best country music artists of all time. So it was a great experience. And then we made the NCAA tournament my first three years. So I was on cloud nine. I went from the Sweet 16 as a senior to playing UCLA, playing Georgetown, playing Duke. And a kid from Butler, Kentucky, population 700, it was a dream come true. Uh, so, yeah, I had a fantastic experience. I've used the picture for the template 
that I'm going to send out when the podcast is ready to go. Uh, it's a picture of you boxing out one of the Morris twins in the Kansas game. I think that's more Keith Morris. And Jeremy had said how it's pretty cool that the guy that's legitimately in the NBA shows you doing real man's work. That's probably the – playing at Kansas was probably the coolest place I've ever played, including Rupp at the state tournament. Um, you played at Indiana too, right? We, we didn't play at Indiana. We played at Michigan State. Ah. And we played at Washington. Did you Washington. play Indiana? We did not. Oh, I thought you guys did. But uh, we, we played at Kansas on December 29th. The game was on ESPNU. There's a foot of snow on the ground. I mean, they're number one in the country. We're nobody. There was a line 300 yards long of people waiting to get into the gym that night. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, Kentucky. I grew up a Kentucky fan. And we're obsessed with college basketball and the, the Cats and Big Blue. These people are insane in Lawrence, Kansas, about their team. And nobody, I remember this vividly, nobody during the game got up out of their seat. Nobody went to the bathroom. Nobody went to get concessions. They watched the game and studied it. They're knowledgeable. Uh, We got blown out that night. And I remember they did the whisper, the rock chalk Jayhawk Mm -hmm. at the end. And I was on the bench. I was a starter that year, and I got taken out. And I got goosebumps on the bench listening to the crowd. And as a sports fan, an obsessed sports fan, I'm looking around and looking at my, tapping my buddies. I'm like, this is awesome. And we're getting absolutely blown out at Kansas. <laughs> yeah, but those are the experiences that you keep. And the, something like that, you'll always remember. You know, the, 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 the getting blown out is minor at that point. And here's probably the best, my favorite story of the whole game. And I had, I think I had six points that game. I had two layups and a dunk. And after the game, I'm sitting on the bus. I'm, you know, you're checking your cell phone to see you text you or whatever. And my buddy from Pendleton County named J.R. Kells, who was a senior when I was a freshman, he texted me and said, he's, he goes, dude, Scott Van Pelt just said your name. <laughs> I wish I would have screenshotted it and sent it and saved that text. It was probably the greatest text of my life. Scott Van Pelt said, and I love SVP. Love him. He's awesome. Uh, the game was it was on Sports Center, the highlights or whatever, so... Yeah, that was a cool experience. NCAA tournament appearances. Let me ask you a question. You watch the the selection show, and they always show the, uh, I don't know if you want to call it the mid-major or whatever, but they always have those teams that are on there and the how enthusiastic everybody is when the name is called. What's that feeling like? It's a great feeling, but... You Even th- when you know that you're going, because you've won, exa- you that's know what I was it. about to say. We were it's where you're, we were an playing. automatic bid yeah. for all three years. If we were in that large bid, it would be a different animal because you don't know because you're on the bubble. But in, in 2006, our first year going, it was a huge deal because Belmont had never been before in the history of the program. And I know by year three, it kind of got a little less anticlimactic. But that third year, we were playing Duke. And I grew up a Kentucky fan, so I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm playing. We're playing Duke, Coach K. I'm going to sh- shake Coach K's hand after the game. So you know, as a basketball junkie that I am, we played UCLA, who went on to that year. They went to the finals and lost to Florida. Uh, ben Hallen was the coach. The second year, we played Georgetown, who had Roy Hibbert and Jeff Green, and um, 
John Thompson III was the coach. And then the third year, we almost we got blown out the first two years. We almost beat Duke and lost by a point. And uh, I'll never forget the next day on the front cover of the St. Pete Times newspaper, it showed me with my hand in my head. or my I've seen that picture. Yeah, my head in my hands. Yeah. On the bench. Like sad that we lost. And it was like a huge, it was before social media, but I remember seeing that picture a lot. Like my buddies were texting it from different newspapers. And, uh, well, it was, an, it was an AP picture, so it, the yes. rights were all over the place. But uh, I had that picture in my man cave somewhere. But uh, yeah, we, I mean, we were that. And at the time, you got to think, we were a 15 seat all three years I was there. At the time, there, there had only been four 15 seats beat a two. Now it's common because of the one and done and mid-majors are just as good as major schools. But at the time, Belmont-Duke on CBS was the game that night. Everybody was rooting for us. We played at the Verizon Center in Washington, D.C. where the Wizards play. And I'll never forget after the game, uh, West Virginia and Arizona played after us. And we just lose this heartbreaking game. We lost 71-70. to You know, the rule of 71, first team to 71 wins. And I'll never forget Coach Bird doing the press conference. And I was with my parents and my family after the game in the bleachers. And Coach Bird walking out of the tunnel. And everybody stands up and gives him a standing ovation. I mean, they probably didn't know who he was. But he was the coach at Belmont that night. And you almost upset the giant Duke. Talk about the influence that Coach Bird has had on your life and on your coaching career. He... The, the two things that I learned the most from Coach Bird. And because the guy's a legend. He's he's maybe, I know Coach Souter and I talk a lot. Coach Souter and I are good friends from Campbell County. And he talks about how Eric Russell is probably the most underrated coach in Kentucky. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's phenomenal. Yes. Coach Bird might be one of the most underrated coaches to ever coach the game of basketball. He's that brilliant. Um, I, I learned how to, to manage a program under Coach Bird. He was fair. He, the guy never really raised his voice. He didn't cut. I might have heard him say five cuss words in five years. Uh, I mean, the guy just knew how to get the most out of you. And uh, he was all about the team. One through 15. The 15th guy was just as important as the first guy. So I try to use that now to maybe a guy that isn't playing a whole lot and is struggling and, you know, we're stretching before practice and I'll pull him to the side and talk about his Hey, you dating anybody? How's how's U.S. history going or whatever? So that had an influence on me that Coach Bird would treat the 15th guy just as important as the first guy. And I feel like our kids at Pendleton County saw that, and I think our kids at Ralph see that too. You know, I talked to Shannon Miner last week, and I told him that having the ability to relate to every single kid in the program on a personal level – is the secret with coaching kids. I remember reading a book, and there was a quote from Pete Rose when he was managing the Reds, and he said something like, there's three ways to treat a player. you got to know when to leave him alone, you got to know when to pat him on the back, and you got to know when to get on him. Coaching is hard. It's like a you're almost a psychologist. You've got to figure out how to get the most out of these kids in different ways. And it can be exhausting. I, I told my wife, it was mid-January last year, and I think we were struggling, and we just had 
five school days in a row. It's Friday night. We're playing a district game. Maybe Connor or Cooper. I can't remember which one. I was just so mentally drained. And you got to go that night and try to beat Matt Audi or Tim Sullivan, which is difficult to do. Yes. People have no idea they've never done it. It's so mentally draining. But maybe the toughest thing I've ever done. So you and I, that's the word I was looking for. That's the phrase. You and I have talked about this. It's legitimately the hardest thing we've ever done. And we talked to Eric Russell about the same thing. It's hard. and Because it never turns off. Just because the game ends does not mean if you your win by, brain... If yeah, you win by 20, somebody's mad at you. Somebody's Look, that's so funny you say that. Every time... I'm sometimes more miserable after a win yep. than I am after a loss. And it's only... For me, it's... Could I have used this kid a little bit more... Could I have done this a little bit better? Um, you know, somebody's body language was not good. What's eating at him? I, it, those things, they, they, they eat at me. So I have to dig into it. I get into it. I just, it's how I am. I have to live in that in order to get out the other side. So if, even if that means, I can't tell you how many times after a win, and a good win, hell, two years ago, we, or I guess it was the 18 team. We had beaten Brossard at home by 30, I think. We had played very well. And I had two starters have 100% epic nuclear meltdowns after the game. Epic meltdowns. And we're leaving for Harlan County at 6 a.m. the next morning. And it's 9.15 and the only thing I could think about is, yeah, I cannot let this go because tomorrow we might as well just not even go. You're probably thinking, why did I schedule this game? <laughs> we had it <laughs> was a, a four-hour re- trip. It was a reschedule, bro. What do you want me to do? It's we a were sweet s- gym, though. Oh, anyway, but so you come off of this major district seed win, and then just at a, an immediate gut punch of, oh, here we go. You know, just another day, because that's it. Really, is it's it's what we do. And I don't have a problem. I don't look. I mean, kids are young and emotional. Things are not going to be right, you know. And we're in a time where kids are their own worst enemy and their biggest critic now more than ever. Period. And that's part of the job, but it is it, it is mentally exalt. You know, this year I spent more nights coming home from practice and games and legitimately flipping on the TV and playing Zelda on the original <laughs> Nintendo or watching, putting something on the Netflix that was going to be um, to knock me out. And that, you know, if I went to bed at 7 o'clock, then I went to bed at 7 o'clock. Isn't it amazing how little of basketball you watched during the season? I, do watch, I, watched, I did not watch college basketball. You're just so sick of it. It's, I can't do it. It's uh, I may have watched UK probably, and I'm being serious. Maybe one half, two halves, because the big games, you know, we were playing, and then I just didn't care. I, I honestly, I legitimately did not care. You're I'm so worried about your own team. That's it. That you don't have time yeah, to be upset if you know UK wins or loses. I don't or, care anymore. You know, know, whoever. You know, society's changed. It yeah. could be social media, and I heard you tell either Shannon, Eric, or. Kevin Gray on your podcast, and all the three of those guys did a great job, by the way. You said, well, when we were in school, our dads 
like never got mad at the coach. Like your dad no. worshipped Rondon. Yeah. My dad told Coach Biggs to be harder on Kane and I. Like who does that anymore? So now I think, and I could be completely wrong, most of the time a parent would rather see their kid play and the team lose than vice versa. I mean, they would rather see their kid play than the team win. I talked to Eric about, and again, this is not our team, but we had this situation in the middle school where you know parents and a family from a team were actively rooting against their kids' teammates out loud in the stands. I've never – I don't mm-hmm. know what's happening with that. It's very disappointing. It's disheartening, to be honest with you. And I'll tell you something else, and I don't want this to be controversial, but if you honestly think that I'm going to keep that around our program, if I'm the head coach and you're crazy. Sure. Because it'll be cut yeah. in October, done, over with, see you next year, or I'll see you in the stands. Because, honestly, it's not fair to the other kids. It's not, it's not fair to them. It's not fair to the other parents who have to sit there and listen to that. So, I mean. Does the audience know that, not to change the subject, but does the audience know that your first career win was against me? Probably not. <laughs> and, and not to mention that I am O for my life against Steve Frohmeyer and Jeremy Ziegler. Well. I, I've beaten, I mean, I don't know. I've never beaten you. I don't know what it is. What do you do? What, what's the secret? I don't know. And, and my mom, like, you know, since exactly. we've been coaching against one another, like, you know, when I was at Pendleton, we were red. At Rowell, we're orange. And she would s- slowly go start – she's starting to go neutral and not wear any of our colors and not wear blue for Scott, but she's not wearing orange or red. So that tells me – Maybe she, that's like a superstition thing She's low-key rooting for you. Oh, that's a fact. 100% I'm fact. like, Mom, are you you want us to lose? She goes, I just love Steve. Well, he's he's awesome, but I mean, this is she likes my personality. Blood is thicker than water. It, here. This is true. Yeah, she's she's good people. She's always she your loves, mom and dad have been very kind to me. They love basketball. Like my mom was a cheerleader at Pendleton. Her brothers played. Kane and I played. Dad was a two sport athlete: Campbell baseball and basketball. He was actually better at baseball. He was a really good pitcher. Uh, so. Mom's been around sports her entire life. I mean, she rode the when she was a cheerleader at Pendleton. She rode the bus with the players, so she's been around it her entire life. And she had three brothers that played for Pendleton. So she had three brothers. Does she have any sisters? One, one sister, and then she had three boys. So surrounded by. That's all she knows is sports. Yeah, and she's a really she hasn't played as much as she used to. She's a really good golfer. I'm sure at some point. You will win. And <laughs> I, I envision... I hold thought... On, hold on. I envision the scenario after your first district win at Pendleton, Bro, district championship, where you ran around like Jim Valvano. I've apologized to Larry since then. I felt terrible. Legitimately. I need to see this footage again oh, gosh. so we can put it down on you, the Twitter. Dude, if we can't beat you with Dante, I don't know how we're ever going to beat you. Let me tell you something about that. There's one player that I am... Beyond glad to, and Jeremy could tell you this, beyond glad to never coach against again, and it's Dante <laughs> Allen. I, the kid is, scores 50 points every time he, you know, we play. What, do you, what am I so supposed to do? So I remember this. Your first game, 
You guys beat us in overtime. Clay Monroe hit the shot mm-hmm. from the corner to send it to OT. Yep. You won six- because we were focused on time. Probably we were coming out of a timeout. You, you won 76-67. and the next morning you called me. And you said the SOB scored again this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about Dante. he's still scoring, but J- him and Jake had some battles. Yeah, they did. It was fun to watch because they would both get at least forty-four or higher. Yeah, and it was a high-scoring game. It was usually that's the thing. Every time we've played, it's been close. I'm gonna tell you this though: our second year, that was your. I thought that was done deal. We were down the hardest eighteen. The hardest I've ever been on my kids after a game was the next day. I was like, I can't, I can't beat this guy. Like. On the line, on the line, on the line. I was so mad after that game. That was one of our eight losses. We only had eight losses that year. We were up. Or we were down what? Was it 18? And Pendleton's a hard place to play. It's a tough place to play, boy. It's tough. And, it, you know, it's the drive. It's the thing on the ceiling that, like, is coming to get you. The air, con- the- <laughs> the air conditioning units. When, when it, the big red I, every blob. During the game... That thing goes on, and I'm watching it and not even knowing what's happened because it freaks me out. I've never seen anything like it. It looks like the old vacuum that your grandma had with like the the suction. I don't even know what to call it, but yeah, it freaked me out. But we were down 18, and Dante, Dante, if he had to shoot the ball every time, he was going to shoot the ball every time to win that game. And then he picked up a second foul, and he took him out. And then you know, and our best defender, Nelson Perrin. Got into foul trouble prior trying to guard him. He he picked up his second he was, foul. Nelson was like a little chihuahua, just always biting at his heels. I don't know if I'd call him a chihuahua. <laughs> I called him something else in the Sweet Sixteen. I can't remember, but he he's a dog, bro. Good kid. He, really oh, good athlete. Yeah. Man, and he, he was we, a big part of your all seventeen team. He was a huge part of it because he took he legitimately took away the opponent's best player. And it did not matter how tall they were or how strong they were. Did he he guard, was going to get a job done. Did he guard Damon Tobler for he did. Perry Central? That's what I thought. He did. Perry, he had a nasty dunk the game before. That was a charge. Tobler. Yes, it was a charge, and they didn't call it. <laughs> it was nasty. Yeah, it was nasty. It reminded me of the Darius Miller dunk over the St. Pat kid. Oh, uh, Darius' senior no. year, where the kid just kind of stood there and, and legitimately ate it. And <laughs> just for the record... I'm just going to sit here and let you do your thing. And it was unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, I, down and then we find a way to roar back. And I don't even – there's no other word but roar because it came on like a surge. And then Chad Omer hits that elbow three and puts us up after we had been down. And all and it was it, that game was over. It did not matter. And obviously Dante had the shot at the end of the game at the buzzer that went off of the backboard, I think. Off the backboard, off the front of the rim. And it was dead on balls going in. I think I remember that. 100% going in. Remember remember his senior year we played at Scott? Yes, very much so. And he had a shot at the end of one of the quarters yeah. that you were it, so mad about. I'm still mad about it. And it, I'll tell you how mad I am that I walked into the referee room. It was before at, halftime. You're right. Yes. After the game. This was after the game. So we had already won. And I walked into the referee room to wash my hands because we share the same bathroom there. And the boss was in there. Mike Goins was in there. And I really don't remember my exact words, but they were not kind words. But I said, the only thing I kept saying is, you know that that was bullshit. That shot should not have counted. That kid just broke a school record. He's got 53 points. He should have had 50. And Mike Goins was like, well, it should not have counted. 
but he still scored 50 points, Steve. What did you want me to do about it? So, so here's another Scott story. My first ever head coaching mm. game was at Scott. Don't go, don't go where you're going if that's where you're I, going. I, I'm, I, okay. This will be the PG version. Well, okay. Uh, so we play, Brad's the coach. Yes. And again, Pendleton County has... Pendleton County has not beaten Scott since George Bush was president. It's mm-hmm. been that long. Like, oh, for the last 18, something like that. Yeah. So my first ever game was at Scott. I think at halftime we were up. We lose a close game. But at halftime, the opponent's locker room at Scott is adjacent to the pool, the swim team yeah. locker room. And we're <laughs> me, we had the youngest staff in the state that year. I'm 28, Kane's 26, and Timmy Cooper's 23. Literally, there we and we're weaving and out of these half-naked swim swimmers from Scott High School, like trying to get. No wonder we lost. I mean, how do you how do you concentrate, dude? I can't, that's the peril of that hallway. It's on purpose. It's no, it's not because our design. kids our kids enter and exit that way too. So you've got the swimmers, and it was worse when the wrestlers were down there too. Now the wrestlers are out at the field house, so we're, that's just one less thing we have to worry about. Let's get. Let me talk about coaching for a minute. Your first coaching job, EKU. I was a grad assistant for one year at Eastern Kentucky. What was that like? It was interesting because I go from Coach Bird, who I, I was beloved, loved Coach Bird. I mean, he's going to be in the Naismith Hall of Fame, and I go and work, and I met some great guys. I still talk to Austin Newton and Russ Abner, two guys that I, are two of my better friends. And I'm and I'm working, and it was it was hard for me because I was used to doing it the Belmont way, and it wasn't the Belmont way; it was the Eastern way. So I learned a lot that year. Um, I think our record was 15 and 16. We did we did play at Minnesota that year, and it was the year of the it was December of 2010, and it was the year of the bad snowstorm in Minneapolis where the Metrodome collapsed. Oh, we, we yeah. were up there when that happened. Yeah. So we played at the barn, which was awesome. Toby Smith was the coach, which was cool. Because I wanted to play for Tubby when I was a kid, and it, full circle, I didn't, I wasn't good enough to play for Kentucky, but I, we had a player that was good enough to play for Kentucky. But uh, that year was interesting. I, I learned a lot. Um, I was just there one year. I knew I wanted to. My personality's probably better for high school kids and being around high school players. So went to coach JV girls in Tennessee the next year, back where Belmont was, and then got the job at Pendleton to teach freshman. The coach health, of freshman and then teach health and PE. Can I tell that story about our? Yes, please. So we're I'm coaching freshman. Fro is the freshman coach at Scott. We're playing at Pendleton, and we're you know we're talking before the game. I've got on like khaki pants and a polo and maybe gym shoes. Fro's got Scott high school sweats on, and it's like 15 minutes on the clock before the you know the opening tip, and he disappears. The team follows him back to the locker room. He gives his pregame speech. The dude comes out in this immaculate suit, like he's coaching in the NBA Finals. I'm like, my gosh, this guy does it right, man. And uh, you know, and how many years later, six years, five years later, he's coaching the state Final Four wearing that same suit. <laughs> well, it wasn't the same suit. One of your 25 suits. Yeah. You know I wore the suits. That's probably why my mom likes you because you dress so well. Thank He's you. the Jay Wright of high school basketball. No, How many suits do you suits? Own? How many suits? I think well, I have five. Listen, let's be real. Uh, I try to buy. I try to buy three or four a summer. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, I take like 
basketball money or money that I've just, because I don't spend my basketball money. I just put it in a different account. And then that way, if I'm going to go on vacation or do something else, if I want to buy something, it's just there. I did the same thing with my football money. I would cash the checks and keep a big wad of cash until the end of football. And I would either do something with it or I would just hide it in a hide it somewhere in the place. Um, I don't know. So what's your what's the over under? I don't know. If, I, if you I buy three or four a summer, that's a but lot. But here's the thing, though. I, I outgrow some. Like, I'm into this whole... like. My look, bro. COVID. Like, yes, I'm in the uh, the the COVID nineteen for real. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> the last the last couple times I've had to go up one size in the waist, which I was a thirty six for ever, and then I had to go to the thirty seven, which is hard for me. So I'm I'm dieting now because I just I can't stand the look of my gut and my side boobs and just my overall grossness. So and just for the record, when Fro walked into my house, I said, "Do you want a soft drink or anything?" He goes, "No, I brought my own water." I'm like, "Oh, this guy is legit." I bring my own water everywhere, though. This is true. Uh, I don't know, maybe 15, maybe because I get rid of some. Like as as they kind of age out, I just get rid of them. I just throw them away. 15 suits? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking I get, like 30. Oh no no no! I get rid of some. Yeah, because well, look, well, man, at, look. Here's the thing: after a certain amount of dry cleans. Some I've time. noticed this though. You've backed off on the suits a little more. Well, I've noticed it, right, Zig? I don't am I, know. Am I not, well, I'm not wrong about okay. that. You used to be 28 games a year. Facts. Now you're that's a fact. 20. Here's the thing. We've got some good looking quarter zips now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? When let me say this. Earlier the season's on, so long. It is. It's so Earlier on in the season, it's a lot easier to wear the suits. And then as the season gets on and you are exhausted, and I hate shaving, and when I wear a suit, I have to shave because I don't like the way the, the collar rubs against my neck if I don't shave. And so sometimes the quarter zips are just easy. And when you're, when you're struggling or you're in a rut, you try to change something. Like, well, let's wear quarter zips. Maybe that'll change our luck. Momentum, yeah. Yeah, Superstition. or I'm a superstitious guy, yeah. Same. So that's that's... That's kind of so. If you're playing well in the quarter zip, you're not going to stop wearing the quarter zips. So that's kind of what it is. Um, or my first year there, Jeremy and Chris and those guys, PD and Alex, they'd be like, "Let's wear quarter zips," and I'm like, uh, "No, we're wearing suits." That was probably Stape. Stape was oh, probably he's lazy. <laughs> he, you should see what he wears. Did so, you see that yellow blazer that he wore at the Lake Kelly? I did. I saved it. I saved the picture. <laughs> So and you, I will bring it out when need be. So you know that next week, or this week, me, Stape, yeah. Souter, and my brother-in-law are playing golf in Charleston, South Carolina together. Sounds awful. <laughs> it's going to be hotter than Hades. Are you going to listen to Stape and Souter talk about their AAU glory They're going to talk about the Scott Campbell rivalry. You think so? I'm sure it'll come up. I'm sure that they will. Chris, I'll tell you what. Chris... He better get busy. I keep telling him every time I talk to him, he better give Hannah a baby pretty soon. He better get on it, right? What do you think, Jeremy? I'm just going to call him out. See what he says. Oh, he's yeah, going to listen to this. He's might cut into it. the uh, Call of Duty playing time. That's probably what it is. I'm going to have to send this to Shauna Dixon and let her take oh, wow. this tape over You're there and be like, there. here you go. Here you go. You need to listen to this, Chris. <laughs> no, Hannah and Stape and Katie and I are on the same flight. Nice. To and from Charleston, so. 
Well, that's good. So coming home to coach at PC, even though it's just freshmen. Ed's the Ed Cravens is the varsity coach. Was it uh, was it as joyful as you thought it would be, and easy, and and like how like welcoming or coming back home it, for the first time because you had been gone since yep. you had left high school. Five, yeah. yeah, it was awesome. So a lot of people don't realize this. I spent seven years teaching and coaching at Pendleton. Two as an assistant, five as head coach, and so that that puts it to twenty years of my life, and I'm about to be thirty four next month where I spent in the Pendleton County school system, you know, K through 12, 13 years, seven years as an educator and coach. And I, I felt like it was time for me to come home and uh, contribute and give back a little bit. I had a great experience coaching at Pendleton. And some of my best friends to this day are still people that I talk to, you know, the, the radio guys all over the 10th. And that's probably the biggest difference between the 9th and the 10th. There's so many small communities in the 10th where the radio has to happen. Oh, yeah. In the 9th, there's not many radio, you know, programs that do radio. And our guys, Troy Steele, Kevin Wright, Tim King, Stephen Pede, they were fantastic. Yeah, PCRO. PCRO. Those guys do a great job. Jimmy Gregg and I talk weekly. Uh, He's still driving the bus for Pendleton. He's, you know, he's awesome, man. So, So, full disclosure, and Sam may not like this. But we went to Pendleton to play this year. Tough game, man. I tough tell place you, man, to play. It is a tough place to play. And the team played very hard, played very well. It was a, it was a hard-fought game, and we ended up getting lucky and pulling one out. I always think when you when you pull one out there, it's Kinda always like a little rough. this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was all coaching. That was all coaching because <laughs> it was at home. When you go on the road – anyway, anyway, so Jimmy – Jimmy's there, and Jimmy came up, and and we were talking, and he said, well, now that Keaton's gone, I don't know if I'm supposed to root for you or if I'm supposed to keep rooting for the Wildcats. But he's like, nope, nope, I can't. Sorry, can't root for the Eagles. (laughs) Dante's senior year, we got invited to play in the Marshall County Hoop Fest, and we won. It was one of the best moments of my coaching career. And we take a huge tour bus, and I said, Jimmy, you're you're off this week. You're riding the bus with us. You're just going to be a passenger. He packed a little tiny satchel, a six-pack of Pepsi, marble red cigarettes, and he had a blast. I mean, I think I, I tweeted or put on social media his video of him laying back and taking a nap on the tour bus. We had a blast. We stayed in the same hotel. The guy wears Long John's underwear to bed every night. I, he, I guess he gets hot or I guess cold. it gets cold I don't know that would I would get so hot wearing that but uh Jimmy's the best man he's at my bachelor party he drove a limo around northern Kentucky it was outstanding he loved it he, I love Jimmy Green. we wore jerseys and he wore a black pinstripe MJ jersey he's the best he is good. and he was a baller at Pendleton by the way was he yes did he have did he have the hair was the hair still the same it was it was not as white Mm-hmm. Uh, so 1971, he was the leading scorer on the regional championship team. Fun fact. Did he smoke cigarettes in the locker room? Absolutely. I love it. Firing up darts, baby. This is the old. This were the good old days when the coaches smoked cigarettes at halftime. <laughs> Crazy. Seventies. <laughs> so Ed Cravens leaves, and Keaton Belcher takes over the big job. Yeah, there right? was. Uh, what kind of pressure was that? 
you know what? I almost didn't get the job. And I used, I learned this from Jim Beheim. So I interviewed at Pendleton on maybe a Tuesday. And I had a schedule interview with Garrett County the next day. Because I felt like I was ready. I was, even though I was 27, I felt like that I was ready to be a head coach. And I kind of used that as leverage because Jim Beheim did that with Rochester when he got, before he got the Syracuse job. Because they were hesitant on hiring me because I was so young. And uh, I got the job and like a dummy, I scheduled a, a two-year contract with Scott County because I wanted our kids to see what a championship program looked like. And they were coming off the state runner-up year, losing the cuff calf, and we got demolished at home against Scott County in my second ever game. We played the next year at Scott County and were competitive Dante's freshman year. But I, I just I tried to embrace being the head coach of my alma mater. It is not easy. Not easy. I, I heard Shannon Miner talk about mm-hmm. it the other day. It's not easy being Eric, a head coach. Yeah, Eric, it's not easy. Thing. And uh, but man, we had a great. You know, the crowd support at Pendleton was awesome. And when you have, we had a, we had a really good, we had a couple of good teams, but when you have a player like Dante come through. He made, my, he made me look so good. <laughs> it was just, I would try to stay out of his way so I didn't screw anything up. Mm-hmm. He was that good. And, you know, the kid gets all the credit. The kid gets 100% of the credit because he put in the work. Uh, all that he asked was, we got to school early and we let him in the gym. gym. 6 yeah. a.m. Six, yeah. for four straight years. That can be exhausting. <laughs> I mean, getting back from Winchester. Well, you were still living, you were still living in I was Butler. living in Butler, which yeah. is a 10-minute drive. But getting back from, we don't start school until 8.05 at Pendleton. Getting back from Winchester or Mount Sterling on a Tuesday and waking up at 5 o'clock. To get, See, I'm, I don't schedule those games during the week. I schedule them on Friday. Yeah, but we're a lot closer to those schools than I, you are. I know. I just – Yeah. I can't. Well, I get up early to go to work, so. I, I tell you the best thing about Dante. He was a phenomenal teammate. The best. Would get. I mean, you guys saw it. He shared the ball more than mm-hmm. he probably should yeah, have. Agreed. Um, always tried to hype up his teammates – Never talked bad about anybody. He's such a nice kid, um, but man, he was a fun to. He was fun to be. He was like being around a rock star for five years. I'll never forget. And, and Patrick's done a great job at Robertson. Yes. Dante senior year, we were nine and three, and of course he got hurt in the thirteenth game against Cooper. Cooper. And Tim, they were going to beat us by twenty regardless. And Timmy, I remember during the game when he got hurt, he yelled down to the bench at me and said, hey, "Is he okay?" And I said, I don't know, because I didn't know. We thought he was going to be back in like a week or two. And he called me crying, saying he tore his ACL. He hasn't played since that night, which was December 22nd, 2018. But I'll never forget, I was playing at Robertson that year, and we were on all cylinders. And Patrick would tell you this too, because he had a really good team. We scored 116 points that night. And Robertson's no joke. No. They're not at all. I mean, and we were 9-3. and And Dante, based on my research – he was averaging 45.7 points per game going into the Cooper game. And that was the championship game of our Philip Wood Classic. And I remember him going down, and we got drilled. Timmy does such a great job at Cooper. and Well, they, I mean, they lock you up, man. Oh. And, we, and, we, and they were locking us up with Dante on the court. Yeah. And when he went down, well, we had a solid team. We were 9-3, and three, but we couldn't score. No, we were at Simon Kenton. Um. I want to say it was the next afternoon, and or it might have been the same day. I can't remember. Was that a night game or was that a day game? It was a seven o'clock game. Okay, so it was the next day. Um, and somebody showed had a phone and showed like a 
Dante Allen knee yeah. injury. And I, I legitimately was nauseous. I think you texted me or called yes. me. Yes, right away. Yeah. I was nauseous because it's well, it's your worst nightmare and, and with that's your the thing. kids. I don't know who was guarding for Cooper, and Timmy can attest this. No, there was no contact with another player. It was just him driving it left on the baseline where the entry is at Pendleton. But his knee buckled, and he went down. And we actually played him in the third quarter. That was the second quarter. We played him in the third because he thought we thought that he was fine. And we th- we went to the Ashland tournament the next week after Christmas. Of course, he's hit our sign with Kentucky. So all those guys are, you know, Ashland's a big Kentucky supporter. And they were asking me, is he going to play? And I'm like, I think he might play the third game. Like, we were that confident he was coming back. And it was about January 4th. He called me. I was in my classroom balling. Then I started getting choked up. I mean, this guy's – his whole life is basketball. Mm-hmm. And the dude hadn't played since in a game. I mean, think about that. That's that's a year and a half of not doing what you love the most. But I kept telling him, we talk weekly, we text. And it's like, this, is ha- this happened to you for a reason. God knows that you can handle this, and this is going to make you a better and stronger person. And I, th- I feel like it has. You know what? what? We were talking about this with the whole – the COVID stuff how awful it's been for the kids these last several months. And obviously everybody's initial reaction is, you know, these poor seniors, right? Which is true. But I try to look on the other side with that and have told a lot of kids, I really would more than anything else. I hope this teaches you to never take anything for granted again. Absolutely. Because at any time, something like that, you know, there's a lesson there. And maybe that's because we're coaches. There's always a lesson to be learned somewhere alone. Yeah. Some kind of tragedy or um, something that doesn't go your way or, I don't know, any kind of issue. I feel like if if I was a spring sport only athlete, and I was coming into my last softball season or baseball season or track and field or whatever, tennis, and I didn't get to do it, and I would just work the pre- previous year up to that, I would be absolutely devastated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we're lucky we got the basketball season in. And the girls' state tournament, Ryle probably would have won it again, if we're being honest. They were in the Elite Eight and had a top ten player in the country and – Boys didn't play at all. I mean, yeah. it's just, it was crazy. Strange time, man. Yeah, no doubt. We're really in a strange time. I, I miss my Reds baseball, man. Yeah, no doubt. Let me ask you a question about, back to Pendleton for a minute. First, we talked a little bit about that first district. And not even the, the fact of winning it the way you did, but that feeling afterwards of coming home, Dealing with all the stuff that you had gone through that year. Yep. Players quitting. Yes. And then triumph at the end. Mm-hmm. Knowing you're going, obviously you knew you were going to the regional, but cutting down that net mm-hmm. as a coach now for your alma mater, what did that feel like? It was a great feeling. And um, and I would, I'll be honest with you guys, and I consider you guys both friends. I don't consider myself a good coach or a great coach at all. I really don't. But but I do consider myself a guy that can rebuild quickly. Um, and and I've, I feel like I've done that twice already. 
we, we took over a team of Pendleton that was terrible. We were 9-19 and 19 the year before, got slaughtered in the district to Harrison. And we took that team and won, upset a really good Harrison team who beat Mason in the regional that year, went to the regional semifinals and played Campbell to 15 points, who ended up winning the region. Hmm. Uh, but it, it was a great feeling. I remember looking at my phone the next morning after we won and just all the people like Pendleton fans that I'd known forever texting me and congratulating us for what we did. And you know as well as I know, Fro, you got to have good players. What it, it helps. So, so the, it, I'll tell you this. The two biggest negatives that happened to me in my five years as head coach at Pendleton, Dante getting hurt, which that was obvious. Michael Antrobus transferring. Yeah. Oh. He went to live with his dad in Moorhead yeah. and played for Rowan his last two years. That killed us because he was a huge part of that district championship team yeah. that year. I never understood that move. His parents, but, his parents were split. His dad was living in Moorhead. But he was playing. I, I, I know. I I don't know. I don't know if, and if if they listen, I, I don't know if he did want to be in Dante's shadow or yeah. he he wanted to go live with his dad and his brother was living in Moorhead sure. too. So it, it legit probably was family. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, if he would have stayed, we would have been a lot better. What's it like uh, representing your school in the field house in the regional tournament? There's not a better that, feeling that for first time walking in. So that day, in fifteen. It was a snow, big snow mm-hmm. storm. We did a quadruple header that day, if you remember. I do. We did an afternoon session and an evening session. It was Bourbon Campbell at noon, and we played at 1.30 against Augusta. We took the bus home. It was me, Jimmy, Kane, and Timmy. The kids all stayed with their parents. We took the bus home, got, hopped in my car, drove back that night, and went to the two other quarterfinal games. Uh, you guys played... I don't remember who you guys played. Who play? Paris in the first round. Paris, that's right. The other, that, the other game was, was the Harrison yeah, Mason upset. That's that right. Was yeah, that it was a great game? game. That was no, not we a close won, game. We, we won, won like 70 to 49. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of a different Paris Scott game then. Yeah. It was that because we saw you. We saw you guys at the Wendy's. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> I walked onto the bus. That's a good memory. You guys were stopped and Jimmy was firing heaters outside the bus. And I saw. Marble Reds, baby. Yeah. I saw Kane. And I was like, well, I'm going to go say out of the Beltran boys. That was a good day. That was a good feeling. It was. Because you guys played Harrison in the semis? We did. Yep. Yeah. One point victory. One point in overtime. Got a st- no, it was that's regulation. Right. Got a stop on, on an out of bounds under at the buzzer. That's right. Because we played first against Campbell. They won by 15, 17 ish. Yeah. We sat on the stage and watched it, and it was a great game. That Harrison Scott game. And Harrison had a good team. Oh, they I were mean, really good. The, uh, the Pulliam, not the Pulliam kid. What's the kid's name that had a great career at Asbury? Well, Pulliam played at Asbury. Yeah. I, Russ Abner recruited him. That was his Jamal Mashburn at Asbury. Should have been. Thompson. Thompson was ah, a phenomenal yes. player. That's right. Trenton Thompson. Man, I'm going to tell you something. I don't even remember what I had for lunch two days ago. <laughs> well, that's what's weird about me. Like, I could tell you. Uh, it's unreal. This is like the. My long-term memory is sharp, but my short, like yeah, it's like this like is like the I'm halfway autistic, but I, I can't remember what I had for dinner last night. But I could tell you my sixth-grade basketball yeah. record. It, it's like what? Yeah, I I, I don't know records because I honestly none of the records that I could care less about. All just, that honestly, all that matters is that district semifinal game. 
It does. You're playing for that. Whatever happens after that is, you know, it's gravy. So let me ask you about the pride and the pressure of coaching a kid like a Dante Allen. Especially being the coach at your alma mater, alma mater where you had played, you had succeeded, you went on to live your dream, your goal, right? You're a dream chaser, dream chaser, I guess. <laughs> um, and you know, and then because look, because I remember when he was in eighth grade, and you and I were texting. Everybody, everybody recruiting. Everybody them. recruiting the piss out of him, yep. including somebody that we know yep. not far from where I am. And those were just the rumors at the time. And I'm sure there was a lot was of validity. Probably to my it. best recruiting job ever is keeping yeah, him at keeping him there. <laughs> But a kid like that who's great in the community, who's good to people, who's a good human being. Yep. And probably, honestly, I when, every time that I've ever talked to this boy – Never felt like this is a kid that sought attention. No. It, it almost seemed like an he, introvert. Was un- he was uncomfortable with yep. it. Yeah. Um, but when the switch went on and watching this kid just mature mm-hmm. through the years, so those five years, what's that like? He, it was all him. He got better every single summer and did it all on his own. He he would he would hone his strengths. But is that hold on hold on? You're missing my point there. Is that pride in watching him develop and just beaming with pride, or is there pressure there because you could foresee what was coming down the road with um, where he could go? I mean, obviously, I mean we. The only pressure that I really ever felt was when we hosted districts on our home court in 2018, his junior year. Mm-hmm. I felt like if we didn't win that, that was your best team by far. Yeah. We had a really good senior class. Grant Walsh scored a thousand points. Yeah. We had Jacob Yeldon, Adam Antrobus, Cody Sullivan. Um, I, I felt pressure in that district tournament. We played. I mean, the draw was Robertson County, who had just won twenty games. And Patrick would tell you that was a good team. Yet, I mean, they're still good. They won the district last year. I felt like, and at halftime it was close. So I kind of snapped at the kids at halftime of that semifinal game. I'm like, look, we're on our home court. We're twenty-two and seven. We got a couple of top twenty-five votes. Like we're we're a good team, but if you lose this game, you none of us are like I might have to leave the county. It, it would get so bad. So I felt pressure that. Besides yeah. that, I really didn't. I never felt like we had to win the region. Obviously, that was our goal. But I, I felt like if we prepared our kids the right way, they accepted responsibility and accepted their actions. That whatever happened happened, and we gave our best effort. I mean, they're they're teenage boys. I, I've never been a person that's been if we don't win this game you know besides that district but uh you know it i felt a little bit of pressure but not a whole lot honestly when did you realize that he could be mr basketball as well as a high level d1 player his freshman year he scored 51 in the first game of the season at scott oh imagine that I'm, i'm being serious because his eighth grade year he was hurt remember that he broke his wrist. Wrist, yeah. He was right. out 17 I had, I had games. I all about that. So, you know, he was MVP of the district, and he just came back. But he took a, he took it to another level his freshman year. And he's scoring at will against these juniors and seniors. And you guys were top four or five yeah. in the region. And Brad's teams were always defensive teams. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
Bulldogs, oh, yeah. all of them. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, my God, he just had 51. And we lost, obviously, because we haven't won in 17 Kane's, years. Kane's junior year. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Kane. They they won at Scott. So, it was Buddy's last. You're right. Year, right? Yeah, because yeah. we went to Nuck and so, Futs after the game. Because McCain was McCain on staff then? You no, he wasn't. No, I, wasn't. I don't know if Brady was there or not. So, so how many coaches haven't beaten Scott? Well, Chad. Is that true? Is that real? Chad, Ed, me, and Sam have not beaten Scott. Well, knock on wood because yeah, we can't lose that. to Sam. Yeah, no kidding. But what's weird is like they might get, cut nuts down after oh, this. After it's this. at Scott, right? Uh, yeah, and yes, you got to come to our place. I told Sam for the record. I hugged Sam after we played last year because look, I don't like playing my friends. It's tough. I, I hate it. I've never because you just you you want to win. You know you know I had, who I did love playing against Coach Biggs. Well, coaching against one another. You know what I enjoy? That was fun. It's like a chess match when when Buddy and I have coached. Anyway. Um, I gave him a hug, and I said, "I'm never coming back." And he said, "Yes, you are. Don't don't say that. You're coming back. We're, we're gonna play." And I'm like, I, "Man, I don't know if I could do these games anymore. These, you know, because Dante's little brother scored what forty points. I yeah, this family needs so, to go. They so need to trade away. And there's another brother too. Well, they, he needs to move. He's like in first grade." Okay, then I may be gone. <laughs> I, I'm so serious. Trayton, I don't know if I can do it. I mean, the kid played very well. Trayton's on pace for 1,500 points. Yeah. He'll be top five all the time. Oh, he's not a senior? No. <sighs> I don't but, know uh, much more I can Great do. family. Yeah. And this, they have a sister that's good, too. Well, she could be great. That's she, fine. She could be Yeah, I'm okay six with foot that. tall. And, yeah. What about the... You move down to Covington, yep. and you start to realize that the commute's getting rough. Yeah, there's a lot of factors in the career change. And, yeah. and honestly, guys, the, the biggest decision or the altering decision was it, it was time for me in my life to step out of my comfort zone and challenge myself and grow and push myself. Katie and I were getting engaged. We knew we were going to live in Northern Kentucky. She's from Fort Thomas. And that was a small part of it. But for me, professionally, it was time for me to spread my wings. I'd mentioned earlier I'd spent 20 years in the Pendleton County School System. Loved all 20 years. Had highs and lows, a lot more highs and lows. It was time for me to get out of my comfort zone and be challenged and grow as a special education teacher, grow as a coach. Because you guys know as well as I know, in the uh, athletic conference in Northern Kentucky, it's a bear. Oh, it's not e- It's not easy. We're, we know all about and it. if you coach, I feel like I've become such a better coach coaching in both the 10th and the 9th now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've developed if – if I knew in year one what I knew after year six, oh, my gosh. You know, and we've got so many great coaches in Northern Kentucky. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable! And you think about your district. You talked before about Matt. I'm a huge Matt Audi fan. He's the best. He's I such am, a great guy. He and I became head coaches at the same time. 
so there's a little kind of a bond there. There was there was somebody else too. I want to say uh, I don't remember now. I want to say Kenny Colopy was in that class that same year. You know, it's funny. It was like a week not, apart. Not there. to interrupt, but so in a one mile radius where I live, yeah, it's me, Ron Don, Kenny Colopy, and Kevin Listerman. Talk about a basketball four basketball junkies right there. If we got mm-hmm. together on a Friday night, man, we could swap some war stories. You should have a fire pit at Ron Don's house. <laughs> So the Godfather is what you call him. Mm-hmm. You talked about his immaculate hair. Facts. Every piece is in place. His house and front yard is the same way. It's like you're at Disney World. There's nothing in the grass. Perfectly green. Perfect height. He's got one of my favorite houses in Oregon. He probably Kentucky. doesn't even cut the grass. He probably just looks at it and it just... <laughs> or hires somebody. <laughs> How you liking it, Rob? I like it, man. And I was going to say this earlier, so not to get too deep, but at the end of our lives, really the only thing that matters is this relationship with Christ, family, and all the friendships and relationships that you've met. Man, I've met so many great people in Northern Kentucky and Fort Thomas and Covington and Ryle. And maybe I would have met them if I was still at Pendleton, but man, I've developed so many more connections and friendships and I've got a part-time job at Lunkin Airport at the golf course. Met some great people there. I talk to people all day long in the pro shop. Do you like living up here? I do. It's so close to it. It's so convenient. And when I was living in, you know, I love Pendleton County. No, no, you live, did you, you and your brothers, both of your brothers lived in the same joint? We, at one point, yes. Yes. We lived on the same property as my parents. Okay. Just across the hayfield. Yeah. As Pendleton County as that sounds. (laughs) But uh, it, it was just a new chapter in my life. I, f- I prayed about it. It felt right. Katie and I got married. And Thanks for inviting us, by the way. It was a very secluded uh, wedding. Like, very, like, not a lot of people came. Hmm. We wanted it that way, so uh, no offense. <laughs> if I had one win against you, maybe, maybe. you would have okay. been invited. Well, I thought your mom would invite me, to be honest with you. I'm sure it was, it was definitely talked about. But uh, no, I've met so many great people. Um, I, I tell you what I do love about Ryle, and, and that was a, I mentioned about rebuilding. That was a challenge too, and we talked about that. A lot, yeah. We, we took over a 6-21 and 21 team and doubled the win total in the ninth, which is brutal, brutal. absolutely yeah. brutal. And uh, we felt like that the job we did was, you may not see it on paper, but we had 16 kids either graduate, quit, or leave the program. And we still probably beat some teams we shouldn't have beaten. Um, you know, when you take over programs, sometimes it's necessary. Yeah. Um, so if I don't get fired before this happens, our seventh grade team to be is going to be really good. And our, our team now is solid. We're, we're competitive with teams we probably shouldn't be. We have a great staff. We have Nick Dorning, Mike Kennedy, John Erickson, Noel Williams. And they are, we've become the closest staff – so we're all in John's wedding in October. That's how close. Yeah, we're. I'm a big John Erickson fan. He's the best man. You know he was what the I first like guy about? Yeah. You know what I like about John? Is that he, the first his first year coaching the Ryle freshman team was I was still the freshman coach at Scott, and the freshman coaches, some of the a lot of the senior guys, we run everything, whether it's the freshman regional, oh. we orchestrate the scheduling meeting and things like that and with the first time i'd met john he was like i'm not a basketball coach i'm a soccer coach but they didn't have anybody 
And I'm going to be honest with you. He knows how to coach kids. Does a great job. Yes. And he learned the basketball as he went, to be honest with you. Learned about being a basketball coach, but he knew how to coach kids. And has done very well. I'm a big fan of John Erickson. I I document everything, but he has like a 56% winning percentage as the freshman coach at Ryle, Mm -hmm. which, again, you're playing Cuffcath, Connor, Cooper, Scott. I mean, all these good teams in Northern Kentucky. You're playing everybody. You're supposed to play everybody. Yeah, Everybody in the regional. And he's got a winning record in his six years as freshman coach, which is for not being a basketball coach, quote, unquote, he's doing a pretty darn good job. What's one thing that you could change about this past year, your first year at Ryle? Is there anything that you look back on and think, I wish I would not have done that that way, taken over that program? Or is it, are a, you, are you satisfied question. with I, I'm satisfied with the results. The only thing that I'll say, and Nick and Mike and John would attest to this, we took some chances on some kids. New program, new, new staff, coming yeah. off a 6-21 team that got absolutely destroyed in the district, just like I did, at, we did at Pendleton the year before I took over. We took some chances on some kids, and that kind of came back to bite us in the rear a little bit. There were three kids we kept that did not pan out in the end. That that's really my only regret. Not that it had anything to do with the kids; it was mostly my decision and our staff's decision to keep them. Mm. Um, but by the end of the year, we felt like we hit our stride and. Timmy does a great job at Cooper. That's our rival. And it was a one-possession game in the district tournament this year in the semis. So, uh, yeah, I feel like this year we have a chance to be a little bit better. So, hopefully we can have basketball this winter. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where we're at. We it all depends on bit. football. Yeah, it's, football is everything right now. We, we talked to Kevin Gray about it last night. Uh, you know, and I filed our paperwork to resume – activities for next week um i mean the restrictions are tough they are what they are yeah it makes you Um, think is it worth it and this is part of the reason why we it's just one of the two reasons why we did not go this week and the week before well number one the gym was closed for in in boone county we're not allowed i've heard it's still closed but our gym was being resurfaced the uh, that glossy film on top refurbished or whatever what yeah whatever the hell they call it and then, honestly, I didn't think that it was going to be beneficial to have six kids at a time, one at a goal. Um, they had to bring their with, own basketball, right? Yes. Or if you provide, I mean, you've got to be able to clean it. So they can't do anything else with yeah, it. And here's the other thing. Obviously, you could take them outside in condition, but I don't know any of our kids – that if they're going to be outside, they'd rather go to Mills Road Park and play five on five. I would rather they do that than come up and then let them run at the football field. Sure. It was stupid. There's so much of with those restrictions that the kids can probably get more out of doing stuff on their, on own, their own, you know, at a park, yeah. in their backyard, whatever, working out than they are with what we're, you know, yeah. going to have to follow well, in the gym. Let's be honest, guys. In the last four months, if you're going to enhance your skill level in any sport, it's all about self-motivation. It is. And we're seeing that a coach, on our A end. coach can send all the workouts he wants, but yeah. it's up to the kid to do it. And until last year, we were a program that hardly did anything in the summer as a team. 
and that's just the way it, it's always been with us. And some coaches we share when so you, many kids. When yeah. you tell them that, they're like, "What? You're crazy! You don't play any team. You like you know, most summers we play like four or six yeah, games, and we it. just have individual workouts and open gyms." And they're like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, I mean, look at our regular season and postseason. It's been successful. Yeah, like, there's you, different ways not of doing yeah. it." My first year, I wholly regret burning out the kids the way that I burnt them out. Took over, but you kind of had to do that with the new staff. And I, new you're right, I, and I, it was a necessary evil. Took over the job the end of May. We have basketball camp legitimately within the first 10 days of my being hired. That same week we played at Simon Kenton. We played every night two games. And the kids had been up all day. The younger kids had been playing all day. And honestly, at that point, I said, go home. We will figure it out. Uh, I went on vacation myself. But I'm going to tell you, man, we got back from the dead period, and we went three days. Two, day, two, two days they were working out um, at All-Star, and we were in the gym one day in July. Then we went to four days in August, two days in the gym, two days at the gym. And we did that August, September, and the first part of October. And I'll be honest with well, you. Well, you did something right because you ended up uh, in the I, Final Four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. But we also had the worst three-week stretch in the history of the school um, at the starting the end of January in early February. Yeah, and, you know, you know they about, were, you know, coming up to the school with – Now that you say that, it's got me thinking about Scott teams in the past 10 years. And, and I think Brad had this too. Scott basketball goes through a little lull – yeah, once a season, and you look at the scores on the on the Ryherds app, the notification, like what in the world? Because I feel like Brad, like Brad was a phenomenal yeah. coach, still is. Yes, and one game a year, it would just be like what? Trust me. And it, you know, we always just that's say, a, that might be a I, Scott thing. When I, it is when when I first went to Scott, um, the varsity assistant Mark Gaskins, he used to always say, "Nothing's ever easy at Scott." I, it's like this. We say about Ryle phenomena. You're right. You have no idea what the hell is going on, but we have we have games every year that uh, you look at yourself in the locker room. You know, after the game, like what do you say? You don't say anything. Yeah. And I think that I'm pretty good about, and I hate talking about like that, but I, I like okay. For example. Uh, this year, we lose to Calvary in the district. First time Calvary's ever beaten us. They played better than we did. They deserved to win the game. We did not, right? They made, But it was the first time. And that was a really low point for the kids. But I'll tell you right now, at 1 o'clock the next day, I was in the school building, showered, in my office, meeting with kids. And there was nothing to be angry about. It was... Oh. The, well, okay, this this is Calvary's how, no slouch. No, absolutely not. They beat not. us my last year at Pendleton. Yeah, absolutely not. They're on a really good run. Orlando does a great he's job. He's unbelievable, man. Like he is so what he's done undervalued. This year, oh my god, he is so undervalued. Without Mason Roosh, yeah, so undervalued. You know what? When Mason Roosh left, I thought I legitimately said to the staff, "We may beat them now this year." I, I'm being serious, and that was not four. a slight. That was not a slight on anybody, but. I honestly thought coming into the season before Mason decided to leave that Calvary could be the one seed. It, it I was, truly and honestly felt that way. With with K 
Campbell and us had losing as much as we had lost. And honestly, I thought that the Brosser kids and the Calvary kids being the most experienced, I thought that they would go head to head for that district. I truly did. Call me whatever, but that's how much respect that I have. They're smart players, man. Yeah. And, you know, meeting with those kids, I, you know, there's no reason to get mad. I stopped getting mad a long time ago after that. You know, when I was at Dayton, we lost by 30 or 40 all the time. You, I hate losing more than, and losing just, it, it gnaws at me. Like, I just, I, I don't sleep well, I don't eat. But at some point, for me, it's like, they are young kids. How do we get? How do we take steps forward? They're teenage boys. Yes, they're going to make and mistakes. Brad Carr says all the time, "When you are, when you are, when your happiness and and uh, what? How is it?" He says, "When your successes and failures are re, um, revolved around 15, 16, 17 year old boys, it's a crapshoot." Yeah, you just you know your highs and lows, they're going to be all over the when place. I, when I first got into coaching as a head coach. I heard Al Holland say this. He's the head coach at Hazard, was at Perry Central, won 10, maybe more regionals. He said, to be a head coach these days, you need to have your brain examined first. Yeah. It's tough. And after doing it for six years, I know exactly what he's talking about. What do you think the next generation of coaches is going to be like? Okay, strike that. Let's strike that. So the kids that are young now, the middle school kids, and as that generation gets up into coaching, do you think that it'll be um, a complete change? And you think it'll be tougher for them by that time? They'll just not want to do it. Like you, you think about the kids now. Are they going to want to be police officers or uh, um, army people or marines or you know in the services? I think that's a great question. I don't know if I'm smart enough to answer. I don't think I am either, but I I wonder about that. And 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 I'm not. Social media is going to take the next step, right? It has to, and technology. And kids just don't want to be sweating for two hours a day anymore and working hard. And I think the confrontation. No, your legit athletes will. Yes, they're going to do it no matter what. I think the confrontation, but your borderline kids kids aren't. Yeah, you know, we learn how to deal with confrontation completely different. And, you know, the best thing that ever happened to me was being a 16-year-old kid working at the grocery store and, you know, having people scream at me because I didn't double bag their, their stuff or being, being 19 years old and standing on a football field and having a guy like uh, John Finn from Simon Kenton telling me that I was the worst piece of crap and stupid as you know what. How many times did Terry Brown yell at you? Terry Brown? I'm gonna tell you what Terry Brown yelled at me one time ever because listen, you asked, you text Terry Brown if Steve Rummer was walking down the hill, he was glad yeah. when he was at Pendleton County boy because I hate so, to, so, I hate talking like this, but that didn't happen to Terry but maybe once every couple. Terry years. and I got I know you guys went to high school together or no. just or just miss each I, other. We just miss each other. So Terry, we got close when he was the head coach at Pendleton. Yeah. I was the head coach, and it, it, he had the bad luck of the draw because Pendleton was. A new program, but you're in the same district with Highlands, Highlands and Cupcats. And, and I did the first Highlands Pendleton game. Mueller was still there. And he was, yeah. And boy, I'm going to tell you something. Patrick Tolls. I was at that game. Yeah. Patrick Tolls broke the, um, I don't know if it was like the all time touchdown record or, or something. It was 70 this, to nothing at halftime. And we were throwing the ball for that 70th point, right? <laughs> yeah. And look, Coach, Coach Mueller. The guy know how to win. 
right? Um, and he was a firm believer in that first half. Look, we're trying to win a state championship. Trying yeah. to win a state championship, man. We're going to figure it out. But, but look at Terry now, man. I've, like you said, you learned how to coach at Dayton. Yeah. And Eric learned how to coach at Newport. Yeah. Terry learned how to coach at Pendleton. And now he's a Cuffcath tearing it up. One of the best defenses in the country. Yeah. I mean, two state titles. Should have been three. Some Newcath guys, bro. Yeah, Eddie and Terry. Some Newcath guys. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie is a great person to run any kind of program. He's got the sure. perfect temperament. And, I mean, he just uh, – Eddie's unbelievable. <laughs> And Terry. when Eddie was at Newport Catholic, boy, they were really, really good. Did him and Terry play together? Uh, I would say that if they did play together, Eddie would have been a senior and Terry would have been a freshman. I remember Terry, because we'd see each other at school, we'd be like, come on the sideline tonight, Friday night home game. And I'd go down there. Of course, I'm the basketball coach and saying hey to the kids or multi-sport athletes. He'd be, he would be ripping the players – he would be ripping the lines crew. He would be ripping all the officials, everybody. Crack me up. Terry's the best, man. Well, Keaton's wife and their dog just got home. This is the, what do you call that, the the job hazard? or? Oh, okay. That's Josie drinking her water. Come on. Well, Keaton's, Keaton had told us earlier on when the wife comes home, the interview is over, so... I guess oh, we God. went too long. You're putting but, words uh, in my mouth now. We appreciate you being on here, bro. Thank you for having us at your house. I told you I couldn't sleep last night thinking about this. And it was was it painless? It was awesome. Well, I'll, I'll listen to everyone from here on out. You should. You should listen anyway. You're a sports fan. So, Keaton Belcher, Ryle basketball coach, Pendleton County, great, the prodigal son of the tenth region, dream chaser. Thank you, brother. Thanks.